Hey, what's going on, you guys? Uh, I was just about to post this podcast before I had noticed that this podcast is episode 900. And uh, isn't it sort of fitting that I do this as a solo podcast? Uh, as I haven't done very many solo podcasts uh, where I essentially just talk to the wall in front of me that happens to be on the other side of my desk here at the apartment or studio. I have a studio. Um, talking about professional motocross as I have for the last um, nine years, uh, average about 100 podcasts a year. Uh, we started doing this podcast back in March of 2014. I started Big MX Radio because I love the sport of motocross and I love it for so many reasons and first and foremost being the fact that motocross never tells you no. Um, your body can tell you that motocross isn't going to happen anymore, but motocross itself never does. Um, when it comes to hockey or football or any other team sport, at some point you get told that you're not going to play the game anymore. Um, usually you don't get to go out on your own terms. It's usually a coach or a, a manager who tells you that your services are no longer needed. You don't, you're not up to snuff. Or you just get ended up getting stapled to the bench, uh, and you're 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 not basically permitted to go back onto the playing service because you're just straight up not good enough anymore. Uh, or maybe you never were um, when it came to hockey or something along those lines. Um, for ho for me, motocross was something that uh, I went to shortly after. Um, basically, having a hockey career that at a pretty young age realized that I wasn't going to go to the show. Um, and hockey here in Canada is pretty much the way of life for a young guy. Uh, like you sort of um, put a lot of value into your own ability and, and the way you play the game and how what team you can sort of rise up to. And I was sort of of the age that uh, they're getting into the double A's and the triple A's and stuff like that. And uh, being a small, small seven or eight, nine year old, uh, usually was kept off of the, the top, top teams. Provide a lot of frustration to me, and uh, honestly, like uh, like getting benched, not a fun experience. And uh, the beauty of motocross to me is that the gate drops for absolutely everybody. Whether you are uh, making it around the track, uh, similar to uh, more the tortoise than the hare, um, the there's a class for you. The, the, like whether you if you go to the World Vet National Championships, you can race until the age of eighty. Um, when it comes to racing on a 250 or a 450, they have different discipline classes or different skill level classes for you. And whether you're an A class, a B class, a C class rider, you can you can you can ride the races, ride the tr races, and and do well. And you can you can get trophies, or even if you don't get a trophy, you can go out there and, and ride your best. And the, one of the other beautiful thing about motocross is that it's completely relative. Um, if you're a participant of the sport, if you're listening to this and you don't ride or do you don't race, uh, that's cool too. We'd love to have you along. Um, you don't need to be a participant in the sport to, to love it the way anybody else does. Um, but motocross is certainly a sport that it is very have a lot of participants who uh, who enjoy the sport and do the thing like they've at least experienced it at some level, uh, whether they used to do it or um, they still do. Um, is completely irrelevant. It's, it's um, like falling in love with it is, is just, it's such an organic thing. And I, I think whether it be the sounds, the the sights, everything about it, it, it's such an easy thing to fall in love with. But as I was saying, 
motocross is so relative to who's doing the sport, whether you're Eli Tomac or uh, you're Sean Wedge, uh, who I I'd mentioned, I'm going to mention later on in the, sh in the show. Um, doesn't matter. Like your fastest lap is your fastest lap and you're on the absolute edge of what you're comfortable with. Um, that same exhilaration that Eli Tomac feels of jumping a triple or, or going table to table over top of a single, like basically going three on and three off. Um, that's the exact same feeling that I get when, and that's, I think that's why the motocross racers have such a kinship to each other is that we completely understand what each other are going through, um, and conquering fears and, uh, just managing yourself on the track. It's a really, really cool thing. So anyway, um, I started this podcast. My first podcast was with Chris Mellon back in 2014. Uh, we sat in his living room. Uh, which is why if you ever go back and listen to that first episode, it is really echoey because he had a huge house, uh, a huge living room anyway. It was a very open concept. So the audio sort of just like sort of went off into nowhere. Uh, so it kind of gives a, an interesting uh, sound to the podcast. But that was number one. Uh, we told his story and that was a springboard that would turn into now 900 of these podcasts, uh, continuing to swing the axe and... Um, in 2016 was the first time. It's funny. I did podcasts for two years, uh, well over 100 episodes before I had. Um, I felt like I had earned the um, the right to represent Big MX Radio at an actual professional race. Uh, I believe that year I did go to a Canadian national, um, which getting a, a press credential for a Canadian national is, is a whole lot easier of a process than say uh an american national but it was uh, spring creek 2016 um and i i had i had emailed davy coombs and i had asked him if if it would be okay if i asked for a press credential and he was kind enough to uh green light that for me and uh, i walked into the the press tent and i put down my stuff and i had uh, a laptop that i still use to this day that's uh, it was covered in stickers and, uh, yeah, I was, this is going back damn, It's like eight years ago already. Um, or six, seven years ago already. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, just in awe. Like at that time I'd only been to maybe, maybe five super crosses and it was my second outdoor national ever. Um, I had gone to the 2006 or no, the 2007, uh, Millville and I had not been back since. Uh, I actually wait. I went in 2013. Never mind. Uh, but anyway, this is like a second or third national ever that I'd gone to. Uh, being from Canada, the only closest national is Millville, and just couldn't make it there every year because we would often have races for ourselves on that weekend, uh, or just wasn't in the budget to go. Uh, but I went to that, and I loved it. I conducted some interviews and did my thing. And then, um, and then the following year, I ended up going down to Southern California. And Sean Brennan over at Supercross. It was his first year as the uh, media and PR uh, manager, which he still has that job to this day. And I emailed him and uh, we went back and forth throughout the month of December in 2016. And uh, in the 11th hour, uh, much like he did this year, by the way, um, he, uh, he had approved my press credential for the 2017 season. I went down and I watched the first six rounds and uh, participated, participated as a media member. 
And that was really cool. I got to stay uh, with my friend Jimmy Sloan, uh, who used to be one of the part owners of uh, Milestone MX. I stayed in the house with those guys and uh, yeah, I just covered races. Uh, I rode my dirt bike a little bit, uh, all that fun stuff. And then the following year in 2018, I went down and stayed with Dennis Stapleton of the, uh, he's obviously one of the biggest test riders for motocross action he let me stay uh at his place when i went to the first six rounds um and yeah that was 2018 and i slowly but surely started to uh make a little bit of a name for myself in this world uh, of motocross and uh, it's really been a really cool journey and i think we're just scratching the surface of it 900 podcasts in if you're listening to this podcast i appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast i would love some feedback i know i have lots of ums ahs and lots of verbal crutches that i always seem to sort of lean on on a regular basis i try to work those out i try and get better at what i do i do a lot of research i watch a lot of old races i read a lot of old magazines to give you guys more insight and more statistics and more knowledge than uh, than is already out there uh, that I can get my hands on. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast. Hopefully if this is your first podcast, listen, well, uh, you're, you're listening to welcome. Uh, and I hope it's not your last. Um, Big MX Radio is a passion project for me. It's something that brings me closer to the sport and helps me Uh, bring people closer to the sport. Uh, I started Big MX Radio, like I said, nine years ago. And the reason why I started it is because I was such a fan of Steve Mathis and the Pulp MX show. And at that time, he only was doing the post-race interview or post-race podcast, like the the review show with, uh, at that time, it was um, Jason Thomas. I think it was actually Ping, uh, David Pingry and... um, and Jason Wagant and uh, and the Pulp Show, and that was it. He didn't do Moto the Moto sixty show yet. Uh, there was no Privateer Island Life um, or the Fantasy Pod or anything like that. None of that stuff existed. So it was at that most you were gonna get six hours of content from Steve every single week. And as much as as he does an extremely good job of what of, of his podcast, and he has a ton of listeners and, and basically the entire industry listens to his show sometimes even live, which I don't have enough time on Monday nights to listen to five, five hours of shows. But maybe you do. And that's awesome. Um, but I, I wanted to add to that. I thought that there's, there's so many more stories that could be told within the sport of motocross. And I hope that over the last nine years, I've been able to do that. I hope that you guys have been able to listen to these podcasts and go back into the archive and uncover some of the cool stories that I've been able to bring out, having on guys like Scott Burnworth and Jeff Ward. I did a really, really long podcast with Steve Lampson that I should probably repost because it was two and a half hours of pre of gold. Although I think I should just call him up and redo that podcast because I think I did it in 2014. But anyway, I'm rambling, guys. Uh, hopefully you, you guys uh, got through this. Uh, listen to this podcast, which is the uh, 250 preview, I suppose. Uh, this is sort of like me going through the entire lineup of who you're going to watch and who you expect to see do well this year in East Coast Supercross for Houston and beyond. Thanks for listening. Now, let's talk about some 250s. What's going on, Big MX Radio listeners? This is going to be a little bit different of a podcast and probably a pretty short one. Still need you guys to support my sponsors because they support me. And you guys support me as well by going to the link tree on my Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. You can go find me there. 
uh, and support the sponsors. You can also go and shop Big MX Radio on uh, the Springtree shirt um, link that I have on there as well. But on my link tree, there is links to every single one of my amazing sponsors. Uh, Race Tech, Gold Valves are literally a revalve in a box. Uh, go get yourself sorted out with Race Tech. They're awesome. Luxon MX. Not just triple clamps and not just another triple clamp company. Engineers who are passionate about pushing the status quo of what you can expect from hard parts. Guts Racing, you guys, if you're if this is the first time you're listening to Big MX Radio, first of all, welcome. Secondly, you this is probably not your first episode, and you guys know the drill. Andy Gregg, one of the best guys in the industry, period. Bar none, like full stop. And he makes great product. Uh, seat bases, seat foams, seat covers. All top of the line, and let's be honest, the seat on your bike uh, either needs to be upgraded or is completely hooped, so it needs to be replaced. So, Big MX, Big MX 20 is going to save you 20% of your purchase. So, um, yeah, just go save some money, get yourself a brand new seat, your bike's going to uh, thank you for it, and you're going to thank you for yourself for it too, because you're going to be turning heads at the track and able to grip your bike just that much more. WSA. Let's be honest, those oval-shaped, egg-shaped wheels that you have are no good. They need to be replaced, restored, whatever, and uh, updated by our friends over at W. You're going to save some money if you call those guys. I believe the, the discount is about 15% off of your purchase. So if you're buying a custom set of wheels, they're, it's, a, it's a $1,300 touch. Uh, and that's American, by the way. To save yourself 15%, you are literally going to save almost $200 off of your purchase price uh so that's awesome like you're 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 just getting crazy deals that way phoenix handlebars big mx radio 15 saves you 15 percent uh go check those guys out great handlebars great person who runs that company and because of that you're going to get unbelievable customer service let's turn up the microphone a little bit on that a little bit better okay perfect awesome so let's go through the uh, maybe that's a little bit too loud Back that down. Okay, good. Uh, let's go through the 250 West entry list as well as um, some of the notables on the big teams. So let's open Internet Explorer. Do I still use it? No, I use, uh, what is that? Safari. Um, all right. So starting off with more than, more than likely your championship favorite for this year in the 250 East, I think he'd honestly have to have a pretty dreadful season to not end up with the championship honestly he was probably the odds-on favorite to win this championship prior to the injuries that have, have gone on but let's just top start off at the top of the heap none other than 96 in your program number one in the program when he when he defends this title next year uh and that's going to be hunter lawrence uh by the way this isn't going to be a, a full um preview or like a basically a look a preview show for the 250 east this is just getting you guys a little bit acclimated as to who the fuck you're going to be watching this weekend uh in houston uh there's going to be some new names that you might not have seen for a little while um or you didn't know they were racing there or the team that they race for is completely decimated with injuries and you like everyone's having to wear name tags so that they're introducing each other to each rider so Hunter Lawrence, number ninety-six, uh, he's on a long-term deal. Uh, he'll he'll be racing that class, and honestly, I I would like. There's some talk that he's going to go straight to the four fifties next year. 
honestly wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be mad about that. He's I think two years older than Jet, um, so age wise and physic physically he's probably ready for a four fifty. Uh, for him to to uh, defend his title next year, go for it, man. Uh, what I wouldn't like to see is if he wins the East title and then go races West. Like I'm all in for for defending titles. Uh, if you are in fact going to defend the title. Um, but if you're just going out and trying to get your East title and then get your West title, um, I, I would say just go to the 450s. That's probably where you belong. Um, that's why I feel about that. But anyway, um, Hunter Lawrence is, for all intents and purposes, your um, like we haven't had we haven't handed out the titles just yet, but uh, you can have him uh, written down there in pencil for now. Uh, he will be joined for select rounds by Chance Hymas. Uh, coming out of um, the Idaho region, uh, Chance Hymas is a hot shoe amateur who uh, has been groomed by Honda for uh, a number of years now. I believe he was on Kawasaki's prior to that. Um, really, really talented rider. As I take a sip of coffee. And, um, and I, I, I seriously think if this kid, he needs to grow a little bit. He needs to get a little, little bit stronger. And for these rookies, if they can just um, like get outside their own head a little bit and not really f- focus on having to produce results, like honestly, on Team Honda, like this year is all about Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, and uh, and having uh, Chance Hymas just go out there, learn, stay on two wheels, uh, get some good results, um, and not just kind of lose his mind when it comes to um, running up front and stuff like that. If he can get some top fives, and I think he can certainly get some top fives in this series, uh, that would be awesome for him and uh, some much-needed experience. Moving on to Red Bull Factory KTM Racing. They are bringing out one rider, just like they did in the east or the west coast. Um, they've got an American on one side, and on the other side, they've got a fresh-faced Frenchman, two-time dub, uh, world champion in the MX2 class. He's coming over to the U.S. to make his pro debut in the States. Um, Tom Vial. Tom Vial uh, has is a guy who's an amazing starter. Uh, he is new to Supercross, uh, so uh, sort of be be patient with him. Um, but for like, honestly, I, I think that he's going to uh, he's going to have some success here. Honestly, this is as much a rookie year for him as Chance Hymas as far as experience on Supercross. In fact, I would say that Chance Hymas and a lot of other rookies, uh, including one we're just about to talk about, uh, have more time riding Supercross than Tom VL. Um, so I expect him to get good starts, and I, I expect him also to get eaten up by some of those guys who have a little bit more experience uh, than he does on Supercross. But that is who, and he's going to be running the number uh, 128 on, uh, on an orange KTM, obviously. Uh, oh, by the way, this year, I believe, for the Tampa Supercross, which is not this weekend, but the weekend after, is the military appreciation. Um, it's typically been always in San Diego, but they're doing that for the Tampa round, which uh, I would imagine Tampa, um, Florida. Like, Florida, obviously, they're um, they're not exactly a... I can't remember where they're... Like, they're, they're on the water. Uh, so they probably have a, a strong uh, military and uh, and navy presence there as well, um, much like San Diego does. Um, but yeah, they want to kind of spread that around a little bit. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, so the, the Husqvarna factory racing team, the Rockstar Husky uh, Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, 
Jalex Swole, broken hand. He'll be he'll be down or broken arm in broken hand. No, broke his arm. Uh, and he'll be out for the foreseeable future. I wouldn't see him back. I wouldn't imagine we see him back until outdoors, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, every time Jalex seems to get some momentum, he ends up going down for some sort of reason, and that is a huge bummer. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's just the that's the reality of the sport. Who will replace him is Talon Hawkins. Uh, that has not been officially released, but since I did a podcast with him yesterday, um, and he basically told me not to post the podcast until Thursday when the team will be announcing it. He's also on the pre-entry list, uh, so that kind of gives that away. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that he w- he will be replacing Jalex Wall on the East Coast. Uh, that hasn't been released by Husqvarna or any other major publication, um, but you're essentially kind of hearing it here first, although it's pretty much all over the internet. Uh, it's the least, like, uh, fill-in rides like this are basically the the least kept, the, the worst kept secrets in the sport because there's only so many guys that can replace certain guys, and you're, yeah, like, Talon is, is right on the edge. He, I believe, got third at the uh, Supercross Futures just last weekend at uh, his home track of Anaheim 2. Um, but yeah, he's got his sights set, and he's uh, he's, he's, he's going to probably be a bit stressed out uh, going straight from amateur to uh, his first Supercross race. But I talked to him yesterday, and he seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. I would expect good things. Um, he's being very realistic about his expectations, and uh, I would expect him to be a uh, probably a 7 to 13 guy. I think uh, he, he's got he's good starter. Um, he's 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 a good jumper. Uh, he needs still needs to work on the on the whoops a little bit, but don't we all? Uh, and and I expect good things from him. I think uh, if he, if he stays within his head, he's going to do just fine. TLD Red Bull Gas Gas returning uh, with uh, one and one rider only per coast. Um, so you've you last year it was flipped. You had uh, Pierce Brown on the east and Michael Mosman on the west. So they flipped that this year. Michael Mosman, I think, getting injured um, in either November or December. So that made the two guy the two riders flip coasts. Michael Mosman is probably the odds-on favorite for um, the best of the rest or uh, Hunter Lawrence's uh, closest competitor. He's got speed. He's won races in the past, and I think he probably has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for some, from so many people sort of uh, having one eyebrow raised when it comes to whether or not he can really get it done. Up next, we have one of the biggest and maybe most uh, recently successful teams in the sport as far as the 250 class goes hell they're they've been knocking down 450 championships left right and center lately too so maybe they're just the most dominant uh, team in pro motocross right now and that is the monster energy star racing yamaha team they are coming to, to battle and they will likely have uh all four of their guys in the top 10 on a regular basis uh this is a heavy hitting bunch these kids are fast these kids are are talented and some of them are proven, some of them are unproven. You have Nate Thrasher, who's back for his third year on the team. Uh, he's won multiple races in the past. I believe he won uh, He won one at Atlanta, and then last year also he won uh, at the shootout. Uh, so he's got some, himself some wins, uh, both on a speedway track and in a traditional indoor supercross. 
Uh, he typically isn't a great starter, but when he does get a good start, he rides with who he's with. Um, so watch out for him to get some good starts, and if he, get, he does get those, he'll stay up front. Um, Nick Romano will also be making his pro debut, which is really cool at Houston because he actually raced there um, as a, on with the KJSC. Uh, I don't know if he won it. I'd imagine that he did quite well, uh, but it's pretty crazy to think that uh, not that long ago, Nick Romano underneath the lights um, and with probably a few more people getting hot dogs than they will be during his main event this weekend, uh, has raced Houston before and uh, Energy Stadium will be uh, friendly to him. I think he's going to do quite well. Uh, he is a full-blown rookie. Um, he'll be, he made his pro debut in outdoor motocross this last year. He will be running, uh, number 40, I think almost all the, the, what number is he? This is great audio. Nick Romano. Someone's yelling at their, their 54. Uh, someone's yelling at their, their computer right now or their, their phone. Uh, number 54 in your program. Uh, also on the team is Jordan Smith. Uh, he is a veteran. First year on the team. I believe it's a one-year deal after last year. He was on Firepower, Firepower Honda. Um, in Throughout Jordan's career, he's been at Geico Honda. He's been at TLD KTM. He has been at Pro Circuit Kawasaki. And then one year at firepower honda he showed speed in the past he's also uh, shown a propensity to hit the ground and when he does so uh sometimes uh injuries do follow that looking to get jordan on the show next week um hopefully after a good performance at houston one or houston houston one we raced there three times one time but it'll just be the single time at houston uh round one of their series uh and i I think he expects to win i i seriously do um i don't i don't think jordan fears anybody on the line uh but also being realistic about his uh the expectations for him i think he should be a top five guy um maybe closer to the four five spot than the one two spot uh but i could definitely see him getting some podiums uh, we already talked about Nate Thrasher. Uh, I think if he improves from what he did last year, um, especially with his uh, shown skill at tracks like Atlanta and Daytona, uh, there's two of those tracks, uh, two of those sort of outdoor style, um, speedway style tracks on this uh, this class. So out, like two out of nine rounds. Um, and they actually only have one triple crown uh, that they're having to deal with. So um, honestly, I, I give that kid a huge thumbs up. I think he's going to do well. Last but not least is uh, Hayden Deegan. Danger Boy is turning pro. Uh, he'll be there this weekend. Uh, he's on the pre-entry pre- pre- list. Will he actually be racing? That hasn't been announced, but I would bet he does line up, and I bet he does well. Um, whether or not he's going to win a race in his first year is uh, is totally up in the air. Um, just from watching him race this last weekend uh, at Anaheim 2, uh, he's obviously got a lot of bike skill. He does have a lot of experience on Supercross. I think the the whoop speed needs to be um, maybe ten, t- like like wrangled in a little bit. Like he seen he he really gets himself in there, and I don't know if he has the strength to uh, hold on to it all the way to the end. Like he seems to have great entrance speed, and um, things seem to fall apart a little bit. Uh, at the end of them. So if there's a short whoop section, I expect him to do quite well in them. If there's a really long section, um, like just the the strength of of his body, he's, he's still I think he's 17 years old. 
um, that might become an issue. But aside from that, Hayden, like whether you love the kid or uh, don't like the kid, uh, he does. He's going to do extremely well. He's going to win a lot of races as a pro. Uh, will he win this year? I don't know. But uh, I, I think he's definitely going to be a top 10 guy. Uh, I think he's going to get a top five, maybe even a podium, and uh, continue his legacy of the, the family doing well in motocross uh, and supercross. Uh, so the book is, is yet to be written on Hayden Deegan. Moving over to historically the most uh, storied and decorated team in 250-125 Supercross, and that is none other than the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team featuring, uh, should have been uh, featuring Joe Shimoda, Seth Hamaker, and possibly even Jet Reynolds, but those guys are all injured. Joe Shimoda, collarbone, uh, he... He, he will be sitting out this weekend uh, and many weekends to come. Uh, obviously, a collarbone is something that he could probably have gotten plated. He got hurt at the uh, beginning of last week. Um, he probably could be on the bike uh, for when the series comes back after Tampa. So there's one round in Oakland and it comes back. So there'll be a month. Whether or not he actually does come back uh, is yet to be seen. Obviously, there's a chance for if he would if he was to come back and, and just go out there and, and win some races or ride some races, uh, that would certainly be uh, a feather in his cap and good experience. Uh, but as as always with a lot of these things, if a guy is sort of out of the championship, a lot of teams would rather uh, not risk his health uh, and kind of save him from route for outdoors, which I would not be surprised. Um, but uh, with how many injuries the team has had, I also wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Mitch Payton roll him out there, see the number 30 do his thing. Seth Hamaker is a different situation. Uh, his wrist last arm broke last week, and he will not start the season, and I don't think he's going to – we're not going to see him until the outdoors. Um, Supercross, when it comes to wrists – uh, obviously like motocross, I don't think it's any really much better for wrist injuries and arm injuries. Um, but, um, the way supercross racers come down pretty hard, if they over jump something or under jump something is maybe more detrimental and more harmful to a wrist or arm injury than it would be for an outdoor injury. Uh, obviously outdoors being extremely, uh, rough and hard, but the high, the high speeds and uh, things being a little bit smoother at times, although the track is not very smooth, um, having a bike that's uh, set up a little bit softer and uh, bigger rounder bumps versus uh, the, the sharp peakiness of Supercross is probably a little bit more difficult to come back from a wrist injury than it would be for outdoors. He will be replaced, or all three of those guys, will be replaced by Chris Blose. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris Blos is around my age. I think he's about 33, 34 years old. Uh, he's been at this for a, quite a long time. Uh, he started racing Supercross on a carbureted motorcycle. Um, and uh, yeah, like, uh, you just think of how much has changed within the sport and the bikes themselves since this guy turned pro um, is is pretty incredible. What, but what hasn't changed is Chris Blos's experience like speed his confidence in the whoops uh if anything he's only gotten better he's aged like a fine wine when it comes to 250 supercross and i think this is a great pickup uh i'm so happy for him i, I really want to see him be successful um he's shown speed in the past at uh, certain rounds on a 450 and even more recently on a 250 in supercross and by far bar none this is the best support and best ride that he's had in his entire career and it's great to see 
Uh, I was really pumped for him. I know he was in the rev- the running for um, the the spot when first hearing about uh, I believe it was Seth Hamaker who who got hurt, uh, and that was a toss up um, between uh, between Mumford. Actually, when Forkner got hurt, that was a toss up between Mumford and Chris Blos, and they ended up going with Mumford uh, just because of his availability, uh, some, probably some youth, and also his uh, he was reason. Uh, reasonably uh, close in proximity as far as uh, living in Southern California and having a riding, riding a place to go ride and stuff like that. So uh, that sort of made sense. Uh, but then with some extra injuries, Chris Blos got yet another phone call along with Carson Brown. And uh, yeah, they ended up going with Chris Blos, which I, I think is a fantastic ad. I think he's going to add depth to the team. I think he's going to add experience. Uh, the guys who he's going to be able to work with uh, are going to do a great job with him. I wouldn't be surprised if you either have um who would they have with them probably it would be uh i don't know who's gonna be spinning the wrenches for them um but either way i think that's uh i think that would be a, a it would be great to see chris blows five to ten guy maybe even a podium i think that would be fantastic to see the uh see if the old dog can can still race with the young kids and he proved it by doing so just last year and also having some success in off-season races Moving on to the Progressive slash HEP Suzuki team, you have Marshall Welton. Marshall jo- Marshall joined joined the team last year in 2022 and is back for another year. Um, he's a bit big for a uh, 250F, not going to lie. Uh, he's a tall drink of water, and uh, I-, I think he might struggle on starts a little bit. So I, w- I would sort of pencil him in as a, as a 6 to 12 guy. Sort of start dependent on uh, on that uh, on his ceiling, uh, but his floor isn't going to be that far back. I think he's going to be able to dice things up with guys like Jay Sowen, Cullen Park, uh, and uh, and Caden Braswell. Uh, but I wouldn't expect him to be uh, to be sticking his nose inside the top five, top three as much as uh, maybe he would like to. Um, let's skip things over to the Muck Off FX FXR Club Club MX Yamaha team. And they are led by Jeremy Martin. Jeremy Martin has led and, and won multiple races uh, after coming over from the Star Racing Yamaha team. He makes his team debut this weekend. And uh, yeah, the number six on the Club, Club MX Yamaha. They have got to be stoked to have a single-digit number under their tent. That is super, super cool. Um, obviously, Jeremy Martin, the last time he won a championship, I believe, was 2014. Um, and, uh, he's kind of bounced around since he's had some injuries. He's, he's worked at a dealership, you know, that whole, uh, story and, and that sort of thing. But I think there's still some tread on the tires. I think he can do quite well. Um, this didn't, I didn't plan on this being a, a 250 preview show, but it kind of is one. Um, Jeremy Martin, uh, number six in your program. He'll be running FXR gear, muck off Yamaha. Uh, I expect him to do well, and I think I expect him to be a serious thorn in the side of anyone who's looking for a podium finish throughout the season. Will he stay healthy? You really can't, you can't bank bank on guys uh, getting injured. Uh, obviously, he's had some injury injuries in the past. Uh, that's all not always a good indication that that's going to happen again. Um, but stranger things have certainly happened. He was supposed to have a running mate of Garrett Marchbanks, who is maybe the uh, the biggest, strongest 21-year-old in professional motocross. Um, but unfortunately, he had a broken wrist during this offseason and needs to be replaced by none other than Preston Kilroy. Last time we saw Pe- Preston Kilroy was 
uh, racing for the Barak Suzuki team last year. Uh, he had uh, some success indoors and out. Uh, obviously, I think he probably would have liked to improve on a lot of those finishes. Uh, but either way, um, Preston Kilroy will be uh, on the Club MX Yamaha. That was announced, I believe, as just as early as this morning. All right, let's talk about some some Honda teams here. We have Phoenix Honda, which um, I believe, and on top of that, uh, we also will have the, uh, is it Phoenix Honda? That has, no. Tylube Honda. Tylube, uh, Tylube Racing Honda will, uh, from, uh, they're, they're backed by Storm Lake Honda. They are going to have, um, Michael Hicks. He was on the podcast just last week. Great kid. Honest, honestly, um, look out for this guy. Uh, he is a total sleeper in this class. 460. Uh, he's got great backing. He's got a great family behind him. The team is is all in on Supercross with him. So I would expect him to uh, not. I'm, I'm not expecting him to ride up front or anything, but I could seriously see him as um, right in around the top 10, uh, maybe top 15 on a regular basis. He's going to be a guy who is often uh, underestimated by the say your your Pulpamex fantasy uh, handicappers of the world. And uh, I would expect him to uh, to get you guys some points. Of course, if that backfires on me, I expect to get uh, completely lit on fire via Twitter. But that's the way it goes. Uh, Phoenix Honda team. Uh, you've got Jason, who is returning, uh, who's coming over from uh, the Club of Max Yamaha team that he raced with over in uh, World Supercross. Um, returning to the team for his second year, and which is the 2022 250 Rookie of the Year is Cullen Park. He'll be looking to improve on his positions from last year. I expect him to be on the, the outside of the top top 10, probably 11-12 guy. Uh, you have uh, uh, Cody Shock, uh, another solid combatant, as well as the 2000, I think it was actually the 2021 uh, Horizon Award winner, which was Caden Braswell. Um, he joins the team, full-blown rookie. He's been racing arena cross, uh, but this kid has some some serious talent and would not be surprised to see him be uh, the second or maybe even the, the number one guy on his team this year. Uh, he is that good and uh, has a great pedigree. Uh, I think Jace Owen might have something to say about that, but uh, Caden Braswell, maybe not someone you have on your radar, but uh, I hopefully I'll have a podcast with him in the next week or so and uh, you get to know that kid a little bit. Last team that we're going to talk about is the Firepower Honda. Uh, that is the Yareev um, team that uh, you've seen um, Justin Brayton on in the past. I don't think they had anyone in 250, 250 West. Um, but 250 East, they're, they're rolling out Max, Max Anstey. Um, Max Anstey, he's uh, maybe a year or two younger than I am. Still racing the 250F. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Honestly, like I, I expect, I expect him to go fast. I expect him to, to have, to, he's a talented guy who, uh, who works hard at his craft and, uh, very well could, uh, be somebody who, uh, yeah, get, gets things done and, um, is, is racing his way inside the top 10. He's, he's a good starter. He's a, uh, he's got good race craft. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't expect him to, to battle for wins. Uh, maybe he does, but uh, I, cer- I certainly don't. 
Um, hopefully, maybe we can get him on the podcast in the next while here. But uh, he's a mature racer, and uh, and we'll show that um, throughout the season with some uh, some good rides. Uh, I want to give out to, a shout out to Slawdog over at Verb Moto. Uh, I literally just sort of like went through their page on the uh, 250SX East Region Team Guide. So if you want to uh, flip over to that and check things out as well on that res- uh, from that respect, uh, I would say go ahead and do so. Uh, they also have um, a, a link to, or they have basically the entire pre-entry list uh, also listed there, so uh, that's that's some 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 good information. A couple other guys of note uh, that uh, you may have heard of before: uh, Gage Linville. He'll also be racing. Uh, that's a young man who uh, has shown some speed in the past. He's even won some amateur national titles at some pretty big races. Jace Kessler will be there. Uh, I already mentioned Michael Hicks, um, Talon Hawkins, like I'd mentioned. AJ Catanzaro, the cat came back to Supercross. Uh, take to maybe taking a, a week or two off of uh, his his riding clinics um, to to go race some Supercross. Um, I don't necessarily ma- uh, expect him to make it into the main events, aside from uh, the Triple Crown round, where he's usually really fast in in qualifying, uh, but he leaves a little bit to be desired in some of the uh, heat races. I think he'd even be honest with himself about that. Um, there's a lot of times where I see AJ is, is maybe one of the best guys at any particular racetrack, like dissecting a track and knowing what to do where, uh, but pulling the trigger on that sometimes is can be his uh, biggest downfall. But uh, all in all, he is uh, extremely um, talented rider, and I'm sure you already follow him on YouTube. If you don't, you probably should. Uh, Ryder Floyd will be there out of Texas. Uh, Texas kid will be racing in his home state this weekend. Go check that out. Uh, Logan Leitzel, um, he'll make more noise than he's probably given credit for. And same thing for Jack Chambers. Um, he's, uh, he's an extremely talented kid. Uh, works. He, he was working with uh, Zach Osborne. I imagine that's no longer a thing. But uh, out of Florida, I would definitely expect this kid to have some good rides. Uh, same thing with Jesse Flock. Uh, Flock at one point was... Uh, maybe as touted, as highly touted an amateur as you can as you can have. Um, he wasn't maybe along the the lines of uh, Hayden Deegan, but for all intents and purposes, was sort of on his way um, out of Claremore, Oklahoma. Uh, he was sort of one of those Oklahoma kids that was kind of look, looking on his way up to uh, possibly make some noise in the 250 class, uh, and he didn't exactly get there. Um, but he still has that that uh, sort of talent down deep that I. I Honestly, like, would not be surprised to see him knock down some 16, 17, 18s uh, for Pulp Mex Fantasy. So maybe a little, a little something to keep to yourself and, uh, and and pull out when you need some extra points. Luke Nice will also be there uh, on the number 125. Absolutely love that number. Uh, looks good on a motorcycle, even if you're on a 250F. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Flying Chalupa himself, Hardy Munoz. Uh, will go extremely fast, and he will also scare the crap out of people um, with uh, some interesting moves. Let's just go with that. Uh, he's number 99, Wayne Gretzky, uh, and uh, he'll be doing well. I know you're curious who number 95 is. I'm always curious who gets 95 in the States um, because, well, in Canada, number 95 doesn't really mean anything because there's not 95 racers who uh, do anything, um, so no one really earns that number. Um, but that's, uh, none other than Lance Kobush and, uh, why that's kind of important is Lance Kobush is, uh, a kid out of Texas who 
for all intents and purposes, was had the trajectory of maybe not an Austin Forkner, but certainly the similar to like a Garrett Marchbanks or something to that effect uh, on the Team Green program. He ended up breaking a collarbone at basically the worst possible time, missed Loretta's one year, lost his ride with Cowie, uh, and he's been basically putting the pieces back together since. Uh, But why that's important is that he definitely has the pedigree to go fast. Um, He he might be sort of like a, 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 a crash or win sort of pedigree as far as his training goes. Uh, but I would definitely keep him on your radar as someone who uh, you can trust to get you some uh, some points in Pulpamex Fantasy if, uh, if you really need a lifeline there. Uh, last but not least, jo- Josiah Natsuki uh, will be flying the flag for the PRMX Kawasaki team out of Canada. Uh, I believe he is from New Zealand, um, and he showed some speed last year, both indoors and out, and then also battled for the 250 class championship up here in Canada, and that's where he got connected with the the team and uh, was performing quite well. Uh, Also, shout out to Henry Miller. Henry Miller is uh, a guy who, uh, he's also on the Tie Loop team. Uh, I believe he'll be racing and sort of, uh, he'll be the running mate for Michael Hicks. Those two are extremely fast. And uh, yeah, I would not I would not be surprised to see him do extremely well um, uh, throughout this uh, this series. Although, if I'm not mistaken, was was Henry Miller not at the not racing? Oh wait, maybe he was racing 250 or 450 on the West. I could be wrong. Either way, uh, I'll have to look into that. But uh, either way, Henry Miller, good people. All right, guys, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast, 33 minutes of me rambling about 250 East, guys. Uh, Still plan on doing a full 250 preview, so maybe that'll be a lot of repeating myself, Um, but I would suggest still listening to that if I I do, in fact, do one. Um, Tune in, YouTube Live, tomorrow evening, Thursday which will be the 2nd of February, 8 p.m., Big MX Radio. If you're not already following on YouTube, please go do so. Hit that notification bell so you never miss a video. And uh, we'll continue to try and cover this sport at the best of our ability going forward. Appreciate everyone for taking the time to listen. Uh, Support the sponsors who support Big MX Radio. Racetech, Luxon MX, Guts Racing, WUSA, Fox Racing Canada, SKDA Graphics, Phoenix Handlebars, and new to us is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They signed on as a as a monthly um, sponsor throughout the, the year of 2023. So we really appreciate those guys for jumping on board. And we're waiting to hear back to see if Epoxyit is also going to jump on with us. We're really excited about that. I'd like to uh, I'd like to apologize to Sean Wedge if he is in fact listening to this podcast um, and you're on the treadmill or the elliptical right now, my friend, and you're about ten minutes away from the end of your workout and the podcast is now over. Um, nothing I can do about it, man. I can't stretch stretch uh, ten more minutes out of this. I suppose I could just keep rambling. I would probably just end up telling you about the time that uh, I needed a place to stay when I was in Minnesota. Um, at, after a night of practice, uh, it was actually a two day rate. No, it was a, two, it was a double header event. Uh, I was either going to sleep in my truck after announcing races all day or, uh, find somewhere to stay. And, uh, I was a complete hobo. I was homeless as you could possibly be. Happened to meet a good friend of mine now, uh, in James Dahlman. Uh, he ended up putting me up in a trailer that wasn't even his. Uh, he was staying with his, his buddy, um, 
Grant Price and uh, the three of us slept in that trailer and uh, just sort of uh, yeah lived the uh, the hobo motocross homeless life. And uh, yeah, I woke up the next morning, had some breakfast, and now some more motos. Anyway, uh, all right, I squeezed one extra minute out of it for you, Sean. Uh, doing my best over here, buddy. Uh, looking forward to watching some more Supercross races. Uh, this series is just heating up. Uh, we're about to be four rounds into this thing, and I can't wait. Thanks for everybody taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. Sorry for rambling as much as I did and a few of the ums, ahs, and everything else in between. Hopefully, I spell, spell things right when I post this podcast. But if I don't, please let me know because I love knowing that uh, the English language often is as elusive as anything else in my life. Have yourself a great rest of your day, guys. Take care.